With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Amen, amen. We thank and praise God for another opportunity to fellowship and to study his word. We thank God for those of you that are joining us on Talk Show. We thank God for those of you that are here present in the room. Tonight is Monday. It's our Bible study night. And we're still working out of the uh, book by Bishop Ivy Hillier, Reimagining. Amen. We're on Chapter 7, Understanding the Concept of Biblical Meditation. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent and marvelous is your name. Father, we come this evening to say we thank you and we praise you. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word. We're asking, oh, God, that you would open up our understanding, that you would speak to us, oh, God, that we may increase in our spiritual life through studying this word, oh God. And then, God, we want to bless the man of God that took the time to be obedient and penned this writing, oh God. Bless our our pastor, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So we're talking about understanding the concept of biblical meditation. And we know that when we deal with um, meditation, we're talking about our imagination. We're talking about what we think and how we uh, operate. We know the Bible tells us that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So our thought process uh, plays a major role in our meditation. It plays a major role in how we, how the outcome of things occur in our lives. A lot of times we um, meditate negatively and therefore negative things occur in our life. Um, for instance, you may you may be trying to get a job. You'd be like, I ain't get this job. So the moment that you speak it, first of all, you know that the power of life and death is in your thoughts. So the moment that you speak it, you give that word life. Not only do you give that word life, that word is also in your imagination. And so instead of you seeing yourself in that working position, you see yourself not in that position. And as a consequence, nine times out of ten, that's the result that you will get. Amen. Okay, so what we learned about biblical meditation will strengthen the truth about reimagining uh, because the link between the imagination and med- meditation are so closely related that you almost can't separate one without the other. Um, as we carefully study um, in the book of Hebrews, uh, we found that the word meditate is all, in other places translated imagine. <laughs> Um, this is because the meditation involves the imagination. It involves us thinking things through. It involves us believing it. I'm, I'm reminded of TV commercials. What do TV commercials do? They play over and over and over again. And after a while, that thing gets into your psyche. When you're not even thinking about it, you find yourself singing lyrics or tunes to different commercials because you hear it so much. That thing gets into your imagination. And ultimately what the uh, producers of, of commercials seek to do is to get you interested in what it is that they're selling. Well, now, if we use that same concept as we study the Word of God, first of all, we've got to know what the Word of God says. 
And then when we study the Word of God, we use that same premise of, of thinking on it and thinking on it and thinking on it and then imagining yourself um, accomplishing whatever that goal is that you're thinking about. You will see yourself prosper um, even the more. You will see yourself in a better position, a more positive way of thinking, a more positive way of life. Um, I don't know about you, but my life is good, but my life could be a whole lot better. And in order for me to make it better, I know that there are some things that I have to do because God's word has already told me that he wants me to prosper. So just as his word tells me that he wants me to prosper, I want to line up with his word. Amen? I want to be in a position so that I can do greater things, not just for myself, but for the kingdom. My concern is not just for myself. If I could, uh, if I was in uh, a better position, even at this very moment, there are children at my school that I would probably bring home. Amen? <laughs> I mean, currently now, uh, even where, I, even at the level that I am on, um, and, and Pastor can attest to this, I, I buy clothes for the kids. I, I take them snacks. I take food. I do whatever I can to make their lives better because my prosperity is not for me just to be happy and to live good, but my prosperity is for me to help others have a better life, help have others have a, a, a brighter outlook on life. I'm, I'm really, uh, really understanding the fact that these children are my future. Wherever they may be in the earth, they're going to be my future. And so I want to make a great deposit in them so that they could be uh, progressive in their futures. Amen? We looked at Genesis 11 and 6 on last week, and it said, And behold, the Lord, and the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they all, let me see, and, and they have all one language. And this is, this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. So if you put it in your imagination, if it's in your mind, there's nothing that you can't do. Um, I'm also reminded of the time that um, in the early years when um, Tabitha was a younger child, she used to have anxiety attacks. And I'll never forget one Sunday we were in church, and uh, I don't know if standardized tests were coming up or what, but testing normally made her nervous. And so something was coming up on that Monday, and Tabitha um, started having anxiety attacks. She passed out. She was a little chunky girl. She passed out in church. But in my mind, this was my baby. She fell out in the floor. I picked her up in my arms like you would pick up an infant baby because it wasn't because I was so strong, but it was in my imagination that I had to protect and take care of my baby. So I picked my baby up, and she probably weighed as much as I did because <laughs> she was a little chunky girl. But, I mean, my point is that when it's in your mind, you can do things. You know, you can accomplish goals. But a lot of times we, don't, we uh, miss that ability to accomplish a lot of goals because things don't get in, in our minds until it's at the ninth hour. So because my baby was passed out, I picked my baby up. That was the ninth hour. You know, something is wrong. As a mother, I got to see to it that everything is okay with this child. So we have to get out of that ninth hour. We have to get out of that uh, premise of using God as a 911. Amen. We, we need to um, begin to meditate on his word and speak his word over our life, not, not just what we want, but speak what the word says about us and see it into fruition. Believe it. Don't just speak it, by his stripes I'm healed, but you say by his stripes I'm healed and see yourself as healthy, wealthy, and wise. See yourself in a better uh, condition, not just healed from uh, one area of sickness, but healed to the point that you have no ailment. 
Amen. Heal to the point that you are not, okay, so I don't take high blood pressure medicine anymore, but now I got a bad knee. You know, when I see myself healed, I see myself healed totally from head to toe. And that's how you have to envision yourself because the word of God says by his stripes we were healed. So you envision yourself as healed. And you may even have to, as you go through the process of meditating on that word, you may have to say that word over and over again. You may have to put that word in everywhere that you think, so everywhere that you look, so that you can constantly hear that word. You can constantly say that word to yourself. Um, the, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you read that word, when you read it out loud or when you read it to yourself, you're hearing that word in your inner man. And when you hear it in your inner man, you're building up your faith in what the word of God says. Amen? Um, as just as I imagine, any questions? Okay. Just as our imaginations can build up uh, positives, there are some negatives that we can also create, and I think I talked about that in the beginning. If you believe that you don't have a job or they ain't going to hire me, they don't like me, you know, and a lot of that, man, we put that on ourselves so much. I got a, um, I was called into my supervisor's office today, and um, they're changing my schedule for the upcoming year, and um, I was like, okay, that's fine, but the moment I walked out, the enemy wanted to tell me something crazy. You know, oh, they changing your schedule because you ain't doing a good job. You know, it's like the devil is a lie. Now, I could have taken this, taken that on and then been festering over it and thinking about it and da 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 but I'm not. Instead, I choose to think on the things of God. My thought process concerning the thing is that, okay, Lord, you know it is not my desire to go from classroom to classroom. However, I want your will to be done because whatever it is that you have for me to do, I know I'll do it well. So I'm taking me out of the equation because I know what me want to do. Me definitely don't want to have to go from kindergarten to eighth grade and go in and out of classroom. I don't want to do that. I don't feel like it, okay? So therefore, I don't, but I don't want my will. I want God's will to be done concerning this situation. In some situations, we have to take ourselves out of the equation. In some situations, we have to remove ourselves because sometimes our thoughts and process about things are selfish because we want to be comfortable. Who don't want to be comfortable? You know, like, oh, okay, if all the kids going to come to me and sit around my table, I'm going to sit right here in my chair and I'm going to teach right here from this chair. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to ever do any more because it's comfortable. So we have to be, um, sometimes we have to um, allow God to take total control. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done according to the, based on this situation. What is it that you would have for me to do? And I know that he's already called me to this place. And since he's called me to this place, he's going to keep it right for me. Amen. Amen. Um, when we look at the scriptures, we also, um, scriptural passages, we also find that um, um, more and more that the Bible um, talks about the dynamics of meditation. And when we use meditation, um, it's an intentional use of our imagination. So you don't just meditate, like you don't just say, it don't just happen. You know, it's, it's an intentional thing. Um, we prepare our lives for our daily spiritual walk, um, whatever your daily uh, routine may be. Um, you intentionally do that. When we get up at 5 a.m. prayer, that's intentional. We deliberately know that this is what we're going to do. It's an intentional thing. So when we begin to meditate, it's intentional. You know? And so you, whatever you're going to meditate on, uh, any form of scripture that you choose to meditate on, it's intentional. You're deliberately putting into your heart and your mind the word of God or whatever you may be meditating on. Some people may not meditate on the word of God. 
But as believers, I hope we're meditating on the word of God. But whatever it is, you put it intentionally into your spirit, man. You put it intentionally into your thinking so that you will think a particular way. When you intentionally use your imagination to refocus for a meditational moment, you are in essence reimagining. When we read the word of God and we see what the word of God says, and as we think about you know, the word of God, like the word of God talks about, we, uh, Sister Dottie and I are doing the Proverbs 31 woman, and so she's going to my nerves, she reach that. But anyway, uh, we're doing the Proverbs 31 woman. And so as we begin to read how they have broken down the scripture about the Proverbs 31 woman, uh, they're pulling out specific parts of that, that passage for us to intentionally meditate on. And so then at the end of our, our thing, there's like a little reflection where we can write. So now, not only did we read it, now we're reflecting on it. We're meditating on it. And we're giving a take from what it is that we have gotten from what we're reading. So we're intentionally, uh, when we do those devotionals, it's an intentional thing. You have intentionally decided that you are going to add more of God's word to your life. You're changing your direction. You're changing uh, your life navigational system to be uh, more in tune to what it is God wants us to do and where he wants us to be. Not just what he wants us to do and where he wants us to be, but for a better life for yourself. It's unfortunately that um, as believers, a lot of times, unfortunately, Many times as believers, we live half-hearted lives, you know, and um, I don't know where this concept came from, but Jesus was not poor, you know. So he, he wasn't the old poor saint like, oh, all I'm going to do is just give everything I have to the, to the people. All I'm going to do is help people. I'm going to be poor. I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to live in my car, but I'm, when I get my check, I'm going to take my money and just give. He wasn't that type of person. So why is it that we sometimes somebody says that we as believers or the concept that we as believers, we should live like that? Amen? Pass. Because he had everything. All he had to do was speak it. Amen? He had the power to speak whatever he desired into existence, thinking about when he was in the garden and Satan tried to tempt him um, by eating. Uh, eating in the garden, and he's like, you know, no, man, man, I live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Now, he could have changed those stones into bread if he chose to. He changed water into wine. You know, he could, that was his choice. He had that ability. So I know because of that, he used the power of speaking to cause things to happen. Yes, sir. Yes, mm-hmm. Some people might not believe what Okay. Because, uh, uh, speaking from a spiritual perspective. Okay. But the fact that his earthly ministry, he had treasure. For me, the treasure is using that money. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Okay. Amen. So we know because he had a treasure. You, you're right. You don't have a you don't you don't have a bank book if you don't have no money in the bank. Well, maybe somebody do. <laughs> right. You can't just you can't just walk in the bank with no money and think you're gonna get a bank book. You'll get a bank account. Okay. So at point at some point you did have one. Well, Jesus had a treasure, just as Pastor said. And in order, um, the purpose of having the treasure means that you needed somebody to count some money. Amen. And so therefore, um, we know that he was not um, 
poor. Thank you. Um, when we reimagine uh, and intentionally reimagine, we are controlling um, our, we are controlling this divinely engineered faculty to experience the benefits of meditation. Understanding what happens internally and the function of your life navigation system will provide the confidence to maximize the practical practice of biblical meditation. As believers, we need to put meditation into a consistent practice. You know, um, we need to put fasting into a consistent practice. You know, the Bible says some things only come through prayer and fasting. You know, but a lot of times we don't do it. So we don't set aside ourselves for an opportunity for the Lord to really speak to us, you know. And uh, I don't know how we going to navigate in the earth when we don't get no directions from our commander in chief. It's impossible for the armed forces to function properly without having that. They have an a.m. morning meeting that they have to go out there. Not only do they run their laps or whatever they do, but they have a command meeting where they have to be instructed on what the game plan is for the day. You know, and so as believers, we need to operate under that same premise that we have a game plan, that we have a meeting with the Lord at some point in the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, and I'm not going to say early in the morning because everybody's not a morning person. But at some point in the day, we need to take time to have this meeting with God and his word so that we can get a plan for our daily living. Amen. 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 Oh, okay. Uh, um, let When we look at um, biblical meditation, um, we look at it from the standpoint of personal experience, which makes the most potent impact on what it is we believe. If you walked in here and you sat down in a chair and the chair fell on you, the next time you come, if you see that chair, you're not going to sit in that chair because that experience that you had with that chair last time is going to remind you subconsciously that that chair will not hold you. And so um, we have to understand that these experiences um, mandate or kind of dictate what we believe. Um, it's important for us as believers to understand that um, there are seven common things in all of our experiences, and those things are words, images, and emotions. And these three things are very um, important because these are the ways that God speaks to us, words, images, and emotions. These are our, our methods in which we take in God's word and digest God's word and the use of meditation of his word, um, the word, the scripture itself, images, what comes in your mind when you read the word, and your emotions, how you intertwine or inter, uh, inter, whatever, entertain or intermingle with that particular word. When we look at natural experiences, and we're going to talk about three types of experiences too, a natural experience. You say seven. Several. You said several. several. Okay. Right. I'm sorry, I'm talking too fast. Okay, so the three words, images, and emotions are. Yeah, those are the first three. Okay. All right. The components. The components of the experience that we have, of most experiences that we have, comes through words, images, and emotions. When we watch commercials, words, images, and emotions. Okay? As we continue on, any other thoughts before we move on? We're going to talk about a 
different types of experience. One of the experiences we're going to talk about is called the natural experience. As I talked about earlier, when you see that chair, you sat in that chair last time and you fell, subconsciously you know you're not going to sit in that chair again. You're not even going to try the chair. And somebody can tell you, oh, the chair is fixed. You're like, I ain't trying that chair. Because last time I sat in that chair, the legs collapsed and I was on the floor. So we're not going to try it again. Our natural experience um, is an event which occurs in our life. Our next experience that we look at is the soulish, soulish, S-O-U-L-I-S-S, your soul. Soulish experience, which is an L-I-S-H, soul-ish. And a soulish experience is an event which occurs in the arena of your mind, such as hypnosis, nightmares, and dreams. Now, I know all of us probably have had these dreams before where you feel like you're falling, and you be in the bed just kicking because you feel like you're falling. You know, anybody ever had a fall dream or had a dream where you, you're running? And when you wake up from, that, from, your, from sleep, your heart beating fast because you're running, your feet tied, you know, like because you've really been doing this. That's a soulless experience because it kind of it happens in your mind. Um, nightmares. A lot of times, um, the theories that that they use to uh, promote uh, horror movies, you know, it's it's that experience and it it it, it demonstrates um, uh, something that happens kind of in the soulish area of your life and your imagination. After a while, you're paranoid. You're not going in a creaky house. You you know you're all spooked out and crazy knowing that, or thinking, I should say, that something may occur. Soulish imaginations can be so real. I mean, they um, can take on the effects of our bodies, as I stated earlier, when we be dreaming and we think we're falling. I've had falling dreams a lot. I've never had a running dream, but I've had dreams that when I wake up, I felt like it was happening so, like I was right in the middle of it happening, that I was paranoid or I was afraid of whatever was happening. And so we have to, um, as believers, as believers, we have to um, understand that these are the different types of experiences that we experience. The third type of experience is a spiritual experience. So we talked about the natural, we talked about the soulish, and now we're going to talk about the spiritual experience. And it's pretty much like the soulish experience, but it is initiated by God's divine vision. Now, when we look at different parts of the scripture, when we see where God um, spoke into Ezekiel's life and he told him to speak to the bones, to preach to the bones, that was a spiritual experience because through that experience, he was changing Ezekiel's mindset. He was giving Ezekiel the confidence or the ability to understand that, uh, and I don't know if this scripture had come to pass yet. But he was given Ezekiel the ability to speak and cause the change. Because as, as human beings, the way God created us, he created us with the ability and the power to speak and cause change. He gave us with the, he created us with um, where we could see a thing, we can think a thing, and we could see the end of it before it actually occurred. That's our imagination. Um, and I know we've done this. We were sitting around, we were watching little kids playing or doing something. You say, oh, that person, that kid, they're going to be a doctor. You know, or I could see him. He's going to be playing instruments. You, you could see it. So you, when you see the child in that state, you can speak into their lives because you can envision them in another state. And so we have to do the same thing in our own lives. You know, you got to see yourself wherever you want to be and think on that thing. I could see myself as 
uh, not having to go from classroom to classroom, okay? Think on that thing, and you will cause it to um, be a part of your daily living. You will cause the change to happen. So as we look at this spiritual experience, um, again, it's much like the soulish experience, but it's initiated by God through divine vision and can be initiated by man through meditation. So we can ignite spiritual experiences as well through meditation. And what are we meditating on? God's word. Meditation provides for us a spiritual experience on the canvas of our imagination um, that uh, makes potent impact on the value system that either changes or reinforces what we believe. So that's why we meditate on the word of God, because sometimes we don't necessarily believe a thing a certain way. Like we don't necessarily believe that you could be healed from, well, probably in 2018 it's easier to believe it. But in 1979 it was harder to believe that a person could be healed from cancer, you know what I'm saying? But if you um, think on it, what the word of God says about healing, you can transform what your original thought was from your natural experience to what the spiritual experience says through the word of God, that by his stripes we were healed. Okay, you understand? So you take that, take that word, and that word can change what you know naturally into a spiritual um, connotation to change the outcome of what it is you need from God. Amen? Amen. Any thoughts before? Okay. Amen. Amen. There are many examples throughout the Bible of God using spiritual experiences to inspire, to encourage, to motivate. God uses spiritual experiences to inspire, to encourage, and to motivate. So when we meditate on God's word and we develop for ourselves a spiritual experience, we inspire and encourage ourselves through the word, okay? And we're motivated by it because when I grab the scripture and I hold on to what the scripture says about me for certain situations, I get motivated. I get fired up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight a bear, take a bear down with my bare hands. I'm motivated, I'm encouraged, I'm built up. And so as believers, uh, we need to work harder at building ourselves up so that we don't walk around in these humdrum, with these humdrum attitudes like we're serving a God that can't deliver us or a God that can't save us, a God that can't uh, bring us through any situation that we may face. Amen? We have to begin to look at, our father and his ability, because he created everything, his ability to take care of and create everything and his ability to take care of me. Whatever my situation may be, he has that skill and ability, and I don't have to doubt it. Amen. Now, I may have to doubt uh, the ability of man being able to do a certain thing for me, but I don't have to doubt God's ability because God can turn some things around, and it would shock man. Like, how did that happen? Don't worry about it. My daddy took care of it. Amen. Amen. Um, we looked at Genesis 13th chapter. Um, we saw where God um, wanted Abraham to release his faith for the promised blessing. God took Abraham to look at the stars and at the sand and to imagine his children being as numerous as the grain of sand on the seashore and as numerous as the stars in the sky. As Abraham did so, he was inspired to believe what God had promised him. Again, now this is God speaking directly to Abraham. 
But reading God's word, or if you spend time in meditation, he'll speak to you uh, and hearing God's word, then you too can be inspired. Your thought process can be realigned to the will of God for your life. Amen. Amen. And so as believers, we have to work on this. And it has to be intentional. We can't just half-heartedly do it. We have to deliberately, intentionally get this done. The only way you're going to be able to pass a test is you got to study for that test. Amen. The only way you're going to be able to get from one place to another, you got to do something to do it. Amen. You know, I tell the kids all the time as I speak to, to different parents, and they come in and I don't know why my baby's failing, I don't know what's going on. I say, it's a team effort. I'm going to do my part. The classroom teacher is going to do her part, and now your kid needs to do their part. If they come to class and do absolutely nothing, then that's what they're going to get, absolutely nothing. And a lot of times I think as believers, we, we want God to operate through us most. We're just going to sit there, and I ain't going to do nothing. I ain't going to praise. I ain't going to pray. I ain't going to meditate. I ain't going to sing. And the Holy Spirit just supposed to come lift me up out of the chest and give me a, a blessed time in his spirit. You know, but we have to do something. That is not the way God operates. He He gave us the ability to do things. If nothing else, we need to worship and praise him. You know, take the time to think on the things that he has already done. And I'm sure that each one of us could go back through the scope of our lives and we could find something that God has done for us that we know nobody else could have done. Amen. Only a God could have done this thing for me. Amen. And if that, if nothing else, that alone should be inspiration for you to strive more after the will and the way of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So in a nutshell, when we look at meditation, um, is given is a God-given method whereby we can take the truth of God's word and envision or imagine it to have come to pass in our situation. If you happen to be in any type of situation, you take the truth of God's word and put that word in that situation be it your health, be it your finances, be it your relationships, you can take the truth of God's word and insert it right into that situation. Um, and, again, remember I told you earlier that we could either have a, we could either insert a positive or a negative utilizing our imagination. And I, I was just reminded of um, some years, many years ago, a young lady who um, was a young, young married couple that we knew, and the young man had been called to the ministry to preach and um, they, they, you know, they were doing good. They had a nice uh, nest, nest egg full of children. And, you know, their family were doing fine. He had a pretty decent job. And um, the, the young lady began to call him a particular pet name, which was Serpent. No, Python, something like that. And so she started calling him this, this pet name. And she went to work one day and she came home and she found out Python was slithering all down the neighborhood. So, I mean, you, you spoke this thing. You called him a snake. You understand what I'm saying? She, she put that in the atmosphere. She, this was her imagination. This is how she thought of him. And in utilizing that, she then developed something in her life that was negative that she didn't want. She didn't want him slipping to the neighborhood. Who wants their husband doing that? You know what I'm saying? So we have to be careful that we don't uh, meditate or think on things in, in a negative. We want to think on things that are in a positive. We want to bring a positive light to ourselves. Um, I remember even as I would call my children different nicknames, I always tried to choose nicknames that were positive. Um, I used to call Michael my chocolate something. You know, because chocolate is sweet. Chocolate is good. You know, I didn't want to call him uh, 
anything other than that, even though he might have been acting like something other than that. You know, uh, my nickname for Jessica is Angel. So I call them names that are positive. I call them names because this is what I want to develop in their lives. Amen. Amen. I want to develop uh, positivity in their lives. And I know that I have the ability to speak and cause things to happen. Amen. And so, therefore, we want to speak positive. We want to be careful that we don't uh, meditate or we utilize or imagine things that are not uh, of God. Amen. Amen. Don't mean that your brain will always be holy. But sometimes you're going to have to take that, um, that unholiness that may be flowing through your brain and make it begin to think on the things of God. So sometimes people will take you to a place where you don't want to say nice words. <laughs> You know, but as believers, we have to be just like Jesus was when he was when he was uh, with the woman and, and she was caught in the midst of adultery and the people were talking about stoning her. You know, get her, get her, get her. And he would he bent down on the ground. And he says, "He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone." We have to remember that it's not not just that that the other people are doing something negative or uh, uh, what we feel like is not right. What are we doing? Amen. Because when we take a close look in the mirror, I bet you we can find some stuff within our own selves that does not agree with what God would have us to do, have us to say, have us to behave. You know what I'm saying? So we have to begin to look at people from a heart of empathy. We have to begin to look at people from a heart of love, the way Christ looks at us. Amen. And it's not easy, but it's a, it's a, you have to develop it. You have to work on it. You have to build in it. And when you build in it, you'll get to the point where you will be surprised. You will surprise yourself. You're like, man, I know today I would have had a fit. And you're able to just love on people who are just yeah. sometimes unlovable. Yeah. <laughs> amen, amen. amen. Um, what did you say, Sister Ann? <laughs> yeah. You know, we all have. But guess what? We still got a long way to go, you know. No, it's not over. It's a consistent work. Absolutely, absolutely. When we think about meditation, it all starts with God's word, and it ends with God, with praising God, okay? So um, even as we meditate on it and we begin to imagine ourselves in a different light as um, even we listen, and I don't know why the Lord just always take me back to healing, um, but when we talk about healing, when we see ourselves healed, when we imagine ourselves healed, at the end of that, not going back to pray again, Lord, heal me, Lord, heal me. But at the end of that, ended with praise. God, I thank you for my healing. I know I am delivered. I'm set free. I am whole. I am walking upright. My knees are lining up. My kidneys are lining up. I mean, everything is lining up with the will that you have for my life. My body is healed because you called me healed, you know. And so you ended with a pray with praise to God. And um, therefore, you your next thought, because, you know, a lot of times after we pray about things, the, it'll keep coming back in our mind. Every time it comes back into your mind, you want to give God praise. Thank you, Jesus, because it's done. Thank you, Jesus. Come. Hallelujah. I know it's done. I see it happening. You know, and you got you to gotta sometimes keep giving yourself a pep talk, uh, like the, little, the story of the little engine that could. I think I can. I think I can. You, you keep saying it and you keep doing it until after a while you will accomplish that goal. And then eventually, as you begin to do this in the, in the process of your life, it will be eventually become natural. Mm-hmm. Now, as, as situations kind of get greater, it may, you may have to do it, you know, you may have to revert back to it, but it will become natural that you will pray about it, you will meditate on it, what does God's word say concerning this, 
then at the end you will worship him about it, you will praise him for it, and you will move, be able to move on. It becomes like a natural part of you. Um, it's instantaneous. Go ahead. Situation that ain't going on with me right now. I'm praying about it to get God and I say, let God will be done. But every time after five o'clock prayer, the devil comes out. All oh, they gonna do this, they gonna do this. I said, thank you, Lord. You done did it. It's already done. I was already done. I said, just going back where you going. It's all God that already undone. Situation over. Then I go back to sleep. So I said, God done already did it because I keep saying, let your will be done. Because every time he pops in, I said, let God will be done. Boom. And I said, it's been done. This morning I said, let God will be done. It's been done, say. So just keep going. When you got to go find another pastor. All right. He done done it. Amen. Amen. And that's what you have to be. You have to be consistent. You have to be consistent and um and confident in that God is gonna do it. And then um another thing I think that we, we, we struggle with is that sometimes we ask God to do things we want him want his will to be done. But then when the will is done, you're like, uh uh-uh, uh, this is not what I want. <laughs> this is not the way I wanted things to play out. You know, and so when we ask for his will, then you you need to also ask him to allow you um, they accept what he what he has chosen. Absolutely. That's why I mean, this situation is scary. Absolutely. But I just say, Lord, you, you have no you me no fear. So whatever you have decided for just to come out of this has to come out that way and I have to accept. Amen. Amen. If someone could find Psalms forty five and one and someone else can find um Isaiah, no, no, I'm sorry, not Isaiah. Psalms 45 and 1. Isaiah 57 and 19. Okay. So as we, as we begin to look at these scriptures, we're going to see, and see everything, one thing I do love about our apostles, that um, everything that he teaches, he can support it and back it up with the word of God. Amen. Amen. And so that's so important. He can take you right to the scriptures that support what he is saying. And then not only that, when you look at his life, we can see that evidently some of this stuff must work. (laughs) Amen. Uh, Because not only does he live a good life, but he is doing great things in the body of Christ. Amen. If you follow him, you know that he is blessing others all across the nation. He's not just sitting back, being prosperous on his own. And I'm prosperous and doing good. I don't know about y'all. Amen. So that that's the same um, type of flow that I see is not to just be prosperous and doing good, but be prosperous and be able to share with others. Amen. Amen. Psalms 45 and 1. My heart is overflowing with a good thing. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. All right. That's one of my scriptures that I that I um, utilize. I don't read all of it. I just read the part was my tongue is the pen of a ready writer, ready to write the next prolific dissertation, just ready to write. Whatever it is God wants me to write, I'm ready to write it. And so when I say my tongue is the pen of a ready writer, it means I'm speaking, okay? I'm speaking life into my life. But not just my life. I'm speaking life into the lives of those that I encounter on a daily basis. And it's important that we as believers, again, not be selfish, but be free with what God has given us. As I learn the word and get better in the word, then I need to share that with somebody else Amen. so that their lives can be increased. 
we have two of the three experience components, words and um, an image taking shape internally on the canvas of our imagination. The final element is the emotion. So we talked about um, the natural and the spirit. I'm sorry, go back. We talked about, yeah, we did talk about natural and spiritual, but that's not what I'm talking We talked about words, images, and emotions. So we talked about words and images already. Now we're going to talk about emotions, okay? Um, the final element is emotions, which can be added by setting our affections on God through praising him in advance of the reimagined ideas that have come to pass. So whatever it is that we have said, we're going to praise him in advance before it actually happens. Um, kids, you tell kids, and kids are good for this. You know, kids are so, um, can be so pure and so genuine. You say, uh, Mommy loves you, and on Friday, I'm going to take you to, whatever we go, Chuck E. Cheese. That kid, oh, thank you, Mama, thank you. They're praising you and reference you right now. Friday hasn't come yet. Hmm. <laughs> no, 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 no. The kid is excited, and the kid is ready to give reference and praise right now, and Friday hasn't come yet. Now, I'm like, what's going to happen between now and Friday? So as believers, we need to take on that pure heart that the children have and begin to praise God in advance. Before it even happens, before I see it manifest, I'm already giving him praise. I'm already giving him glory. I'm already giving him honor. If you know how to dance, give him a dance. If you know how to sing, give him a song. If you know how to wave your hand, give him a wave of hand. Whatever it is that you need to do to let the Lord know that you appreciate what he's doing for you and what he's going to do for you, you praise him in advance. Amen. And we... Again, we, we, we get so nonchalant and we're sitting back like, oh, okay, yeah, well, all right, it'll happen. You know, but we have to get out of this state. In order for us to move forward and be able to be uh, better kingdom builders, we have got to do more. We have got to do more. Um, we must meditate, and, and we, need to, um, we need to meditate on the various promises of God. How do we meditate on, his, on the promises? First of all, you've got to go to the Word and find the promises of God. The Bible is filled with promises. So daily we need to meditate on the various promises of God, uh, God's Word and God's will for our lives. We need to begin reading, speaking, whatever the Scripture says, and then close our eyes and allow the Holy Spirit to help us paint or envision this thing in our mind. Okay? I need to go back? Okay? So we need to begin reading speaking, whatever the scripture says. Then we need to close our eyes and allow the Holy Spirit to help paint or envision this idea in our mind so we can see it coming to pass. I could see myself being able to give $10 million to the kingdom. I could see myself just going around writing checks and helping people, helping all type of ministries be successful. I could see myself doing that and not have to worry about it. I'll be able to give $10 million to the kingdom, and it will not disturb what I'm able to do for my own life. Because I need to travel. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You ready, Pastor? Let's go. Um, <laughs> we have to begin to see ourselves healed. We have to see ourselves healthy and living the best life that God has for us. We need to see ourselves in good relationship with our family members. If you have family members that you're not 
in good relationship with, see yourself in a better relationship with them. And then go to the scripture. If it's a husband and wife situation, go to the scripture and see what the scripture says about the husband and wife relationship. Go to the scripture and see what it says about parents and children relationship, you know, so that you can have what God's word says. These are promises that he has given to us. And he's not a, a, a tyrant. He's not a selfish guy. He gives these things to us because he loves us. Amen? Amen? And we have to do this repeatedly. can't do it just one time. You can't do it just on Sunday. You can't do it just because we have Bible study tonight. But you've got to do this on a continual basis. You have to make this a part of your daily agenda. Just like you eat every day, you need to meditate on God's word every day. You know, whatever his word is saying to you, you need to meditate on it. You need to build yourself up in his most holy word so that you too can walk as uh, king's kids. Amen. As the, the children that you were created to be, the the lovers of God and God's word, and you'll be able to walk like people talking about some uh one of my coworkers was like, Girl, I ain't come to Chicago. Y'all do too much killing in Chicago. Like, I ain't scared of Chicago. Chicago better be scared of me because I ain't scared of Chicago. Why? Because I don't walk in fear. And then regardless of what's happening, I don't walk in fear. You know, and as believers we shouldn't walk in fear. Um, I got a student who's paranoid, and it, it's amazing to me. He's in seventh grade, but he, he's always, when we talk about things of the world, he always talk about um, our our president and what the president is doing, and he's disturbed. Like, this is a seventh grader who is disturbed about the decisions that are being made by the leader of our country. You know, it's like, I just want to, I just want to share the word of God with him, you know, although, you know, that's not acceptable in my school, but as best I can without you know, getting out of order, I try to share with him and then encourage him in the confidence that if you know how to pray, that you can pray and God will take care of you and your family, regardless of whatever decisions the leader of this country makes. God will protect you. He will take care of you. And he will cause what the leader is doing to be a blessing in your life. Amen. Amen. He's the Bible says that he'll make our enemies our footstool. That's his word. And he will turn any situation around in our lives that we need turned around. And so that's why I want to encourage the student, you know, and I do as best I can without getting, you know, too far off the spectrum of what I'm supposed to talk about. <laughs> amen. 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 Any thoughts before we go on? I can't go no more. All right. I just want to share this last little thought with us. Amen. Amen. <laughs> now let's think. Why are there achievers and non-achievers in the world? The divided the dividing line in free society is not race, creed, or color, but the thinking process. How do you think? The Bible says, "As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he." The accuracy or inaccuracy of our thinking will determine the level of success that we experience. Many brilliant people have flunked academic aptitude tests but succeeded in life. Um, This matrix is designed to help you understand how God designed your thought process. Evaluate it and make necessary necessary adjustments that will maximize the use of all of your God-given talents. Amen. God wants the best for us. Amen. Amen. Anybody want the best for themselves? Yes. Amen. I, I know I do. Me too. God wants the best for us, Amen. and he wants us to live the best life, and not just the best life, but the blessed life. Amen. Healthy, wealthy, and wise. Amen? Amen. 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 Any thoughts before we go on? An extremely 
extremely good looking. All right now, healthy, wealthy, wise, and extremely good looking. Amen, amen, amen. Any thoughts before we go on, Pastor? Amen. Anybody else? Ooh. I am so glad y'all came out tonight. I wasn't feeling good, but after I got to devouring this lesson, I got excited and I, I feel better. Amen. That's what God's word to do for you to make you feel good. Amen. 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 Um, Sister Jessica, would you close us out in prayer? Thank you, God, for this Bible class. Thank you, God, for our teacher. God, let this word stay in our hearts and our minds. We may begin to meditate on your words throughout this week. That we may be prosperous and blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.